Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. somebody near you and say, I'm so glad you're here this morning. So last week we was talking about mirrors and I didn't realize it, but I had so much that we just, we just had to, we had to cut it off. So I said last week that we'll finish up. So today, if you do have a Bible, we're going to, we're going to jump right back into um, Romans chapter seven, Romans chapter seven. If you don't, it's okay. We'll put it up on the screen. But while you're turning there, I do want to review, just review from last week. Um, you know, we was talking about mirrors, and one of the things that we said was when we read Second Corinthians three four, we uh, we read that it said that we are in union with Christ. Somebody say union. union. Now, if you haven't, if you haven't, uh, if if you haven't heard us talk about the union, us being in union with Christ, the Perichoresis Fellowship, uh, we don't have enough time for it today. But I encourage you to to uh, check out the podcast plug. Um, it'll be the episode we are uh, freedom and sonship or something like that. Freedom and sonship. But we are in union with Jesus. All that means is um, literally the Orthodox Church. They had a way of describing the Trinity. Uh, you know, because sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around the 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 fact that okay, wait, is it the Father, Son, Spirit? What, how is it going? They they had this they had this understanding of the Trinity, and they used this one Greek word called perichoresis, and literally it's where we get the word peri- uh, perimeter or periscope, which means circle. So they described the Father, Son, and Spirit as a circle, like a like a dancing, a dancing within a circle. Not saying that the Father, Son, and Spirit are up in heaven, just oh, no, 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 no. But literally, the way they use this word perichoresis, they use it as a mutual indwelling without losing oneself. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit could dwell within each other but still remain their whole selves. Amen? Amen. See, in marriage, you know, two individuals become one. You know, you have to die. She's, uh, the husband got to die. The wife's got to die. They join. They grow together. You know, <laughs> uh, you know it's, uh, and it's a lifetime thing. You know, they didn't tell us in, in premarital class it was going to be a lifetime thing. You just think, okay, well, she's going to die, and she's going to submit to what I want to do, and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I might give her a little something, you know, but either way it goes, she's going she gonna to do what I want to do. They didn't tell me that. They didn't give me that spoiler. They didn't say, Lindsay, this is a lifetime thing. They, you know, they don't advertise that. You know, nobody advertised when you buy a house, hey, these parts underneath the house, these pipes, it's going to be a lifetime of you eventually having to repair it. They don't advertise that. They advertise, oh, it's three, four bedroom. It's two bath. You know, oh, it's a backyard, big backyard fence. They, they, oh, look at the schools. You know, look, they advertise all the, all the other things, but nobody talked about the lifetime maintenance. And, you know, with, with the Perichoresis uh, Fellowship within the Father, Son, and Spirit, they could dwell within each other but not lose their, their true selves. One thing we said last week was when the law was given, I love this. Oh, I love this. It was a good nerd fact. But uh, when the law was given, 3,000 people died. When God gave the Mosaic Covenant to Moses, and he came down with the, with the two stones, the two tablet stones, and, and, and that was the Mosaic Covenant being, being ordered, 3,000 people died. And then uh, this is where I get so excited because in the book of Acts, we said last week in the book of Acts chapter 2, when the spirit of life was poured out upon the people, 3,000 people came into newness of life. Amen? Somebody say newness of life. So let's jump right into, uh, well, before we even jump right into it, that's, that's why we're able to say in Acts chapter 17, 28, we live, we move, we have our what? Being, Being in him. 
being in him. Listen, I promise, like, make that, make that, your, make that your one of your backbone scriptures. You know, every house, Kellen told me something today. It was so, it was so cute. He's, we're sitting at breakfast table. Breakfast, it's the table. We eat everything there. I don't know why I say breakfast table. But anyways, we're sitting at the table eating breakfast. That's how excited I am. And Kellen says, Daddy, you know why our house hasn't moved? And I'm like, why? He said, because it's got a lot of rocks. And I'm like, that's right, buddy. He has this understanding of that a firm foundation is built on the rock. And I'm like, Kelly, you better, ooh, shalabala, you better <laughs> preach it, baby. But you need to make Acts 1728 part of your, that rock that you stand upon, part of your firm foundation that I live, my existence. I, the reason I live is because I'm in him. The reason I can able to move, I can lift a fork, I can lift a tire, I can lift a load of laundry, I can lift a child, I can, I can do, the reason I could do these things is because I'm in him. My existence, your existence, somebody say existence, is in him. So watch this, that means that your existence is not your responsibility. I know the world teaches that, you know, if you, if you, if you whatever you want, you got to boss up and grind hard and get it, but when it comes to the kingdom of God, the upside down kingdom, we call it the upside down kingdom because compared to the world, everything is upside down. But Jesus says that our existence is in him. And if, if our existence is in him, let, let me best explain it this way. When it comes to our boys, if they want something to eat, they don't have to get in the car and drive and go get it. But they better not. Better not try. But they don't have to do that. Why? Because their needs are the responsibility of their parents. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work a job. If you don't work, you don't eat. The Bible says it clear as day. But what I'm saying is that pressure, that's why we, that's what we were saying earlier, you made a way out of no way. That pressure that we feel like, okay, well, I, I really need this. I really desire this. I really want to see this. Why well, I'm going to have to, I got to go take out another loan. Got to go work more overtime. Got to go do this. I got to do this. I got to hustle. I got to grind hard. When God is saying, hey, have you talked to me first? Because I might have a way for that to happen in your life. Your existence, the responsibility of your existence, watch this, the maintenance. I love, I love this right here. This, this is me because I'm a turnkey job kind of guy. The maintenance of your life, the maintenance of your existence, he's responsible for that. He's responsible for conforming the thoughts in your mind. He's responsible for renewing the thoughts of your mind. He didn't say for you to renew. For like to you to produce the renewal, he renews you. In fact, I, I, this ain't even in the notes. I, I pray you're getting something. But I heard a minister say this yesterday. God never asks us to produce. He just asks us to be. I'm going to run that back because it's fire when you uh, run that back. But God never asks us to produce. He just asks us to be. He never asks you to produce the harvest. He never asked you to produce the way out of no way. He never asked you to produce the right type of attitude. He just asks us to be sons and daughters of God. And he takes care of the rest. He renews the thoughts in your mind. He works on your attitudes. He wipes away the petty betty. He wipes away the stubbornness. He wipes away the ignorance. He, wipes, he does all that. All we got to do is just be. Lindsay, who are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be who we've always were meant to be. Amen? Ah. Look at somebody and say, he's already preaching. I'm preaching while y'all sleeping this morning. All right. In Romans chapter 7, verse 5, 
Paul says this. Now, we went over this last week, but we're really going to go in depth with it. Paul says, when we were merely living, I know I'm going to camp out, just letting you know. We will, when we were merely living natural lives, the law, somebody say the law, through defining sin, actually awakened sinful desires within us, which resulted in bearing the fruit of death. So when that, that phrase that says, uh, when we were merely living natural lives, a.k.a. before you and I came to know Jesus. If you made the decision to put your trust and confidence in Jesus, then what the scripture is, Paul is saying, before you put your trust and confidence in Jesus, before you, you know, uh, surrendered your life to him, before you yielded your life to him, we were merely living by the law. And through defining sin, the law actually awakened sinful desires. So before we came to know Jesus, the law through defining sin actually awakened the sinful desires within us. Let me say it best this way. Before you came to know Jesus Christ, your life was ruled by the flesh. Amen? Amen. Now, there's some translations in this verse that literally says that your flesh, your flesh was ruled by uh, the law, by um, when the law defines sin and awakened the sinful nature within you. Your flesh was ruled by that. That word flesh, that word flesh in the Greek, now we've said before the King James, or the, not King James, excuse me, New Testament, slow down, Lindsay. New Testament was written in Greek, Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and whenever you translate, um, you know, y'all have heard this, but I love telling the story because, you know, it was a, it was a great discovery but uh, for me, but I remember in high school, Spanish two class, Ms. Miller's class. I can't Shevchuk, Shevchuk. I can't pronounce her last name now. Her new last. There we go. That's it. I, I still call her Ms. Miller. So oh well. Ms. Miller. Um, she, you know, one of our first lessons that week was, uh, you know, she had us to go to, or she went to the site and this old school. Um, Julie, you'll know no about this, but you know, with the the screens that they had, you know, had like the transparent one where like, and they they had just moved away from that, and we just got projector screens, and uh, she went to this website and it mirrored it on the projector the screen and you could translate from one uh, language to another and uh, I'm thinking like oh man why is she doing this she must not know I don't know how to do Spanish so she's telling me there's a site that could do Spanish for me oh, I'm about to pass this class I'm thinking oh she don't know but this is a blessing God is instructing her to give us a way to cheat I'm like Lord on the first day oh gosh you're so good I'm like sitting back there I'm like oh man this don't get any better and uh, so she, she says, all right, and she says, give us, uh, she uh, said, give me a sentence. And somebody gave a sentence, so she typed it in there, and then hit translate it, and it translated from English to Spanish. And me, I'm just like, oh, I've, I've, I've never kicked my feet up in a class, but my feet are up. I'm just like, oh, we got it in the bag, baby. And then she says, now class, and she said it in Spanish. And when she said, class, watch this, but she said that phrase in Spanish, so I was like, wait, what what'd she say? And Will's like, she said, watch this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, you know, I'll watch it. And uh, she then, she hit translate back to English. And the sentence didn't, it, it didn't look normal. The words were moved around. The, va- uh, the nouns were on different sides of the, the verb. The verbs were, the, I mean, it was all jumbled up. And she said, when things go from one language to another, they get lost in translation. So the New Testament is written in Greek, and sometimes, you know, things get lost in translation. So that's why I encourage you, whenever you're reading the Bible, study. You know, uh, when, when you're reading it, don't just think, you know, when you get to the end of the verse, like, okay, I'm done, move on to the next verse. No, no, be like, you know, I wonder what this, I wonder what this verse really said. And, you know, if it's in the Old Testament, pull out the Hebrew. Just go to blueletterbible.com and, type, you know, type in that verse, and it just start dissecting it. You're going to find some powerful things. All that said to say this, the word flesh in this context, it is, a, it is the Greek word um, sarts. And sarts literally means our human nature in the weakest state. Our human nature with all the frailties and passions that are opposite of God. 
Amen. So in the word rule, the word rule means we all know this, but to control or, or a dominating force or to be influenced over or governed over. So literally verse four said that when we came, before we came to know Jesus, our life was dominated or controlled or influenced by our flesh. Amen. Amen. See, we used to be controlled by a fallen mindset. We used to be controlled by our flesh. The reason I say we used to because we have come to know Jesus. We have placed our trust and confidence in Jesus. And because you've placed your trust and confidence in Jesus, watch this. You used to be controlled by a fallen mindset, but now you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a life of freedom. Paul says it best this way. We used to be a slave to sin, but now you are free. And who the Son sets free is free in what? Indeed. See, you used to be you used to be dominated. You used to be influenced. You used to be controlled by guilt. You used to be controlled by anger. You used to be controlled by violent outbursts. You used to be controlled by lust. You used to be controlled by inferior thoughts. You used to be controlled by revenge. You used to be controlled by confusion. You used to be controlled by anxiety. You used to be controlled by depression. You used to be controlled by suicidal thoughts. You used to be controlled by obscurity. You used to be controlled by darkness. The reason I say you used to be because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Well, Lindsay, you don't understand. Sometimes I still wrestle with that. Well, guess what? It's an illusion. It's fear. It's false evidence appearing real. It's not fully there. It's not fully there. Well, Lindsay, you don't understand. Sometimes I just have to, so I, I just have to do this, or, or if I'm in traffic and somebody cut me off, I just want to get. That's an illusion because that emotion is not fully real. Why? Because you've been delivered from that. How do I know? Because the Son of God went to the cross. It wasn't a part-time position. It wasn't a part-time. No, he laid there. He was on the cross, stretched out, not just for me, but for you as well, for every ounce of your life, every sin, every mistake, past, present, and future. He took all that. And guess what? Freed you from it. The Bible says, we've read it two weeks ago, but the Bible says that we were, we were, uh, we were co-resurrected in him. And if we're co-resurrected in him, that means that everything that he put to death is no longer controlling you. Amen. It's no longer controlling you. Amen? Amen. Preaching while y'all sleeping this morning. Somebody say, I'm free. So now that you and I have been freed from all that he has freed us from, what's left? Well, verse 6, Paul says what's left in verse 6. Paul says this. He says, but now, somebody say, now. Now that we have been fully released from the power of the law, we are dead to what once controlled us. Hey, you see that? Amen. We ain't even, we, I, yeah, let, let it marinate. And our lives are no longer motivated by the obsolete way of following the written code. Talking about the law, talking about the Mosaic Covenant. So let me pause there. If you don't understand what he's saying, that we are no longer slaves to that. Understand when the, when the Mosaic Law was given, whatever they desired... The favor of God, the benefits of heaven, all that stuff. And the only way the, the, the law promised that it could be received based off of their performance. So what they brought to the table, if it was good enough, then, then they could receive the favor of God. They could receive the blessing of God. And what Paul is saying, because of what Jesus did, taking the place of the old covenant, establishing a new covenant. What does the new covenant say? The new covenant says, because of what he did, as he is, so am I in this world. The new covenant says that he is the beloved of God. There's that word. If he's the beloved of God, you are the beloved of God. Amen. You know what beloved means? That the father loves Jesus. 
The same that the Father loves you, he loves Jesus just as much. There's no variation. There's no variation. Look, let, me, let me best understand or explain it to you this way. I love killing Keenan Cohen. Let's say uh, Sammy. Sammy comes with his kids, and Sammy's, you know, kids, his names are, the kids are Kyle, Joe, and Anthony. You know, just throwing out random names. I'm going to love them. But then I got, I got my boys. You know, I'm going to love them. And we all are guilty of that. You know, oh, I, I love the kids. They're so cute. But, you know, these mine. That doesn't exist in God. The same way he loves Jesus is the same way he loves you. The same way he views Jesus is the same way he views you. The same way that he would protect Jesus is the same way he would protect you. The same way that he would defend his son is the same way he, defend, he would defend you. And guess what? You are the beloved of God. You are the beloved of God. This isn't a new thing. This is the, this is the way it was always meant to be. You were meant to be in the fellowship, in the union with the Father, Son, and Spirit. So I love that because it says, following their encode. So now that we may serve God by living in the freshness of a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So Paul said, if we've been delivered from all this, what's left? Verse 6 said that we are to live our fresh new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul didn't say that we are to live our life, our new life, with the Holy Spirit. He said, in the Holy Spirit. There's a difference, amen? There's a difference with when you're in something or with something. I'm hanging out with somebody. I'm resting in the presence of the Lord. See, before Jesus, they were, they were blessed to even try to, to hang with the Holy Spirit, to hang with the Spirit of God, to hang with the power of God. But Paul said that we are to live this life in the Holy Spirit, not just in the Holy Spirit. I love this next part. In the power. Ah, in the power. Somebody say power. Now my nerd like mine, you know, it goes to many different directions when I, you know, if I ever wrote a Bible, oh Lord, the world will be in trouble. If I ever wrote a commentary, the Lindsay Mellon translation, you know, you see some of those Bibles that have all the different footnotes. In this portion, you'd be reading where, and you get to the part where it says, live it in the power. Then you see like the gif of like, he man, I have the power. Or you see, Cap, or, uh, yeah, Captain Planet, the power is yours. You know, that's where my mind goes. And then I have to revert back and be like, oh, okay, wait, 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 let's, let's focus. So that's what the Lindsay Mountain translation would say. But I love that because he said that we have to live our new lives in the power of the Holy Spirit, not with the idea of the Holy Spirit. Not with the idea of the Holy Spirit. See, too many people, too many denominations have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. So we're not, you're, you're not supposed to live knowing just about the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I know some algebra. It's different if I can do it. I know some trigonometry. Just letting y'all spoil it. Can't do it. Can't do it. I got Google. It's, there's a difference when you know something and you're in something. Amen? And Paul said that we are to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. But, under, uh, but fortunately, we live in a life or in, live in a world where too many people, they deny the power of. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of the Holy Spirit. And understand this, denying the, the power of the Holy Spirit isn't just refusing to speak in tongues. I'm not going to speak in tongues because that's not the way I was raised. The Bible talks about it. No, no, that's not what Paul means when he's talking about denying the power of the Holy Spirit. Denying the power of the Holy Spirit looks like not being led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. We've read it before, but we've read in the book of Romans, I want to say, in, or no, Ephesians, yes. Ephesians chapter 1, we read where Paul said that the mature Christians are those that are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. 
the impulses of the whole. You know what the, whole, what the impulse is? It's not planned. It's not programmed. It's not trained. It's not taught. It's, it's led. It's heard. See, God, the, the father, his desire was never to give the Mosaic Covenant. His desire was for them to follow the voice. How do we know why? Because during the day they were led by a cloud and during the night they were led by a pillar of fire. He wanted them to be led. But because we are humans, no, we, you know, we need a checklist. Da, 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 da. What, who are you like? What do you, I need a checklist. I tell that to my wife all the time when times go, girl, you got a list? What's your list? We, we, we ain't just going to be led up in here. We need a list, okay? We need, I know too many people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I only want to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's it. I won't, I won't, and, and everybody knows in our Walmart, you cannot go without seeing somebody. I'll tell, I'll tell you now, you think you might be able to go. You think you can, you can't. You can't do it. I remember coming from the gym one night. We needed stuff for the boys' lunch, and I was looking a hot mess, looking like a hot chocolate mess. And I was like, you know, it's late. Ain't nobody going to be in here. It's almost 10 o'clock. Everybody going home. You know, if there's anybody, it's the teeny boppers that I don't know. Probably know their older siblings, but I don't know them, so we're good. So, you know, I go get the door. Hey, Lindsay. Ah, hey, hey, how are you? What are you doing? What's it look like I'm doing, bro? We're here to get some stuff. You know, 15 minutes later, five people later, I'm like, so I've learned now, just just keep a comb and a pick in the car in case I got to go, especially if I'm going to the gym, then got to go to the store. Just everybody knows in this Walmart, you can't go without being seen. But, you know, Paul said that uh, the denying the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not just, you know, refusing to speak in tongues, but literally denying the power, the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit looks like us not being led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. We have no problem being led by food. We have no problem being led by caffeine. Oh, you ready? We have no problem being led by sets. We have no problem being led by our finances. But for some reason, as sons and daughters of God, the creation of God, we, we get hesitant when the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us. Well, God, is that you? Lord, is, are you sure? We, we've all, you don't have to raise your hands. We've all asked, Lord, is that you? Well, Lord, if that's you, I need you to give me a sign. But when coffee's talking, oh, we know. We do, oh, I need a pot of coffee. I need a cup of coffee. Kellen, Kellen why are you? Kellen, Kellen be talking to me. Did it, hey, Daddy, I ain't had no coffee. So you can talk all you want to, but it's just going in one ear, out the other. It's not staying here. Coffee is what makes all that you're saying, Kellen, stay right here. And Daddy hasn't had it yet, so you got to go. We had no problem telling people, I had my cup of coffee. I ain't had no food. Duh, duh, duh. We had no, no problem. Well, I just need my time. I, you know, all the, We had no problem being led by fleshly things. But for some reason, we're hesitant. For some reason, we want to discount, double check, and say, okay, God, is that really you that's talking? Amen? Amen. Come on, I'm preaching while you're sleeping this morning. <clears throat> why do we only, watch this, why, uh, if, we're, if we're called to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, then we shouldn't be, we, we, we shouldn't have to double check. We shouldn't have to cosign, get a cosign to see, God, is that really you? But we have no problem being led by our fleshly things. We have, we, why do we only get married to scratch an itch? Why do we only get married to scratch an itch? Why do we take out loans instead of asking God? Why do we think, watch this, why do we think our mistakes that God doesn't fully love us 
Why do we think because of our mistakes that God doesn't fully love us unless we are serving in the ministry? When the opposite is true. When the opposite is true, amen? Shoo, is anybody getting anything this morning? Paul said that we have been delivered from our human nature. We have been delivered from the weakest state, not just your flesh, but the weakest part, the weakest part of your flesh. The, the very things that, feel, that make us feel like, you know, we had to have, uh, we, we had to follow the impulses of caffeine or food or, all, or finances, all these different things. The, the weakest part, the, the anger, the bitterness, all these different things that, that still try to rise up. Michael Jackson said it best. He said, just blame it on human nature. But Paul said, Paul said that you can't blame it on human nature no more. You know why you can't blame it on human nature? In fact, I love the song, if you didn't know that. But the reason why you can't blame it on human nature is because you have been delivered. You have been redeemed. You have been, you have been, uh, you've been redeemed. You've been restored. You have been renewed. You've been made new. You've been given a new life. You have been given a new name. I, I, I like that. I'm going to say it again. You have been given a new name. You have been given a new name. You have been given a new name. What does that mean, Lindsay? It means that you have been given a new identity. What is your new identity? I'm a son of God. Ladies, what is your new identity? You are a daughter of God. You have been delivered. You have been bought back with the price. You have been purchased. You have been restored. You have been redeemed. You have been adopted into the forever family. You have been brought back into the union with the Father, Son, and Spirit. You have been purchased and you have been placed in the circle dance with the Father, Son, and Spirit. You have rhythm now. You are back with the Father, Son, and Spirit. You are endued with power. Brother Norville wrote a book years ago, and I remember reading it, and he would say this all the time, but you have been endued with power. You know what that means? That means you have been given power, not just any power. The power of the Holy Spirit resides in you. The Holy Spirit dwells. This is, somebody, somebody put your hand on your chest. This is where the Holy Spirit lives, right here, right here, not beside you, in you. That's why we live, we move, we have our being in him. You have been endued with power. The Holy Spirit is empowering you to live your life. This life that you live, the Holy Spirit empowers you to do it. It didn't say that the Holy Spirit empowers you to serve in ministry only. No, the Holy Spirit is empowering you to live in the freshness of new life. Didn't say in the staleness of new life didn't say in the mundane of new life. No, if we truly lean into the power of the Holy Spirit, then we will see Monday morning as a fresh morning. If we truly lean into the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see Thursday night as a fresh new Thursday night. Not just because football is on, but because we are living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Just as a battery empowers a car, the Holy Spirit empowers you to live this life. I'm going to run that back. Just as a battery, just as gas fuels a car, the Holy Spirit empowers you to fold laundry. The Holy Spirit empowers you to parent, to be a grandparent. The Holy Spirit empowers you to be an employee. The Holy Spirit empowers you to run a business. The Holy Spirit empowers you to lift a fork off the table. The Holy Spirit empowers you to drive a car. The Holy Spirit empowers your legs to move. The Holy Spirit empowers your arms to move. The Holy Spirit empowers the thoughts for your thought or the, the, the things for your brain to run straight to the heart that tells the heart to beat and produce all the types of blood cells that need to be produced in your the Holy Spirit empowers you to do everything in your life Amen. that's what he does 
That's what he does. You need to get up and go to the bathroom. The Holy Spirit empowers your body to do that. Why? Because we live, move, and have our... I mean, it's so simple, but it's not. It's so simple, but it's deep at the same time. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to, to change a tire. The Holy Spirit empowers us to hold conversations. The Holy Spirit empowers us to pump gas, even as the price is increasing or decreasing. The Holy Spirit is empowering you. Somebody say, he's empowering me. Let's close with this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. I was going to say we do verse 18 next Sunday, but we'll, we'll wait till the Sunday after. <clears throat> but Paul says this in verse 17. He says, now the Lord, watch this. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Some translations that we read growing up said that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. There, I mean, there's songs about it. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I mean, like, and then there's even ver different versions off of that. But ultimately, I love this because Paul said, now the Lord. I'm referring to the Holy Spirit. I've never heard the Holy Spirit called Lord before until this verse, and I thought that was awesome. But Paul said, and I'm going to give you two points and we'll close. We'll end, but I'm referring to the Lord. I'm referring to as the Holy Spirit, and wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Point number one. Lord in this context in the Greek is the Greek word called kurios, which means supreme authority. Supreme authority. So literally, if we read this with the definition there, wherever the Holy Spirit is supreme in authority, there is freedom. Oh, mm, you feel that? So let me ask you a question. Is the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God, is he supreme in your life? Does he have the supreme authoritative position in your life? Or is that position held by caffeine? Or is that position held by food? Or is that position, watch this, held by the opinions of your peers? Does the Holy Spirit have more authority in your life than coffee? Talking to myself, don't, don't think I'm stepping on you. I'm stepping on mine too. Does the Holy Spirit have more authority than the opinions of our peers? Does the Holy Spirit have more authority than the cravings of food? Does the Holy Spirit have more authority than sex? Does the Holy Spirit have more authority than you trying to one-up everybody that you're not really in competition in, but you believe you are? Does the Holy Spirit have more authority than your trauma? Does the Holy Spirit have more authority than your desire to be booed up? Does, your, the, does the Holy Spirit have more authority than your desire to not be alone? Does the Holy Spirit have more authority than your weak attempts of trying to make all your desires come true? Where does the Holy Spirit rank in your life? Where, is, he, is he supreme? Is he first place? Or is he after everything else? Well, Lindsay, you don't understand. There's certain things I have to do to, to, to produce. what That's the problem right there. You are trying to produce. When you're just supposed to be. You're supposed to be. You're supposed to rest. That was the problem with the nation of Israel. God wanted them to be led and rest in him. But instead, they, they no, no, no. We, we know you spoke of a promised land, so we're going to find it. When God's like, no, I just want you to trust me. No, no, no. We, yeah, we, we know that there's an end goal, but still, we, we're going to get to it. Okay, you, you think you could get to it on your own? And for the next 40 years, they had that philosophy of, we're going to get to it on our own as they circled the same place over and over. What, what's, what's the definition of insanity? 
doing the same thing over and over, thinking you're going to get a different result, thinking you're going to get a different outcome, thinking you're going to wind up at a, diff a different destination. Church, some of us have been in this cycle of insanity, thinking that we're serving God, thinking that we're doing God a solid, thinking that we're helping God out. When God's like, I don't need your help. In fact, I need you to stop. I need you to rest, and I need you to put all your trust and confidence in me. I need you to put me first. I need you to put me first. What do you need? I need you to put me, I need you to make me the first source of your solutions. Versus, okay, well, th 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 this has come up. How do, how do we, how do I take care of that? How do I provide that? How do I, you know what? I'm going to take I out of the equation. I say, okay, Lord, this is what's going on. And I'll be honest, God is so much bigger than getting the bills paid. God is so much bigger than repairing the vehicles. God is so much bigger than all the different little molehills that we have going on in our life. But the illusion of the enemy is for those molehills to appear as mountains. For those molehills to appear as mountains, well, guess what? They're not. And if we're being honest, they're not even really molehills. They're dust. You know where dust exists? Under your feet. Those, those molehills are really like the grains of sand. Grains of sand, they're so small that they, they remain under your feet. And that's where the problems of our life should exist, under my feet. Not saying that we should be blind to them like, oh, like Kelsey said, you can't, if you don't have the money to get gas, you can't go to the gas pump and say, okay, Jesus paid it all, all to him I know. You, you can't trick them, but like, do you need prayer, ma'am? You know, I feel it right now that, you know, you can't do all that and get a free, a free thing of gas, free tank of gas. Not saying that we should be oblivious to what's going on in life. But we should know, we, we should make sure that whatever's going on in life, it's not ranked above the Holy Spirit. It's not ranked above me living in the freshness of new life in the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, last night I was, you know, um, Kelsey was out and um, I put Kellen and Keenan down. Cohen was the last one. We always say the baby for last because the baby's the hardest. I don't know why. He just is. He just is. And also because he's the cutest. So he could get away with, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing my stuff. You know, I'm going into my memory bank of what worked with all, you know, the other two. And I got them. You know, I got the, I got the mood set, y'all. I got the lights out. You know, I got the TV on because, you know, he's like, he's like us. He's got to have something going. So, I'm, you know, I'm rocking him just. And he ain't going to sleep. Ah, he's screaming, kicking, mama, mama, mama. Listen here, buddy. When you become an adult, you're going to understand what mama is doing is essential in order for her to come back and deal with you, okay? Daddy wish he could be doing what mama do. But listen, you're going to understand when you get married, it's a, it's a give and go. Right now, tonight, we gave. A few, maybe later, mama's going to get in daddy's. So understand this, boy. Just do what you're supposed to do and go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> like I, that, because my patience was gone. I'm like, just go to sleep. Go to sleep. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, I lay in the bed, and uh, I remember this thought, and I don't know if y'all knew this, but when Keenan, Keenan was the same way. When Keenan was born, he did not, he loved his daddy, but he didn't, he didn't want anything to do with me if Kelsey wasn't in the room. 
and Kelsey had emergency gallbladder surgery. You're welcome. And um, and I remember that, you know, that night, you know, uh, Kelsey's parents took um, Kellen, you know, and Kellen was good. You know, I'm like, yeah, take the easy one, you know, whatever. So, you know, I stuck with the baby, and he didn't take a bottle at that time. And uh, I remember, you know, Kelsey in the hospital, so it's just me, me and baby Keenan. And he's crying, screaming, wouldn't take the bottle. Uh, one Either between one or three in the morning, he's crying and screaming again. And he hasn't taken a bottle at this point. I looked at him and I said, listen here, man, listen here. Yeah, I, all the cuteness, oh, it left. At one or three in the morning, ain't no cuteness. You're just real talking with them. Now, I'm listening here, Keenan. This is the bottle. Your mommy has produced whatever you want in this bottle. You can either take it or you can cry, okay? There's no other option. We can't go anywhere else. You got to take it or not. So I just sat there holding him, holding the bottle, and eventually he took it. So I remember that, and I told, I told Cohen last night, listen here, buddy. Listen here, your brother tried to do this, and now he loves me. So you might as well just fold in to my arms and go to sleep. So I'm just going to sit here. This is why I'm talking to him, no, no joke. I'm just going to sit here, and you're going to realize it, and eventually you're going to go to sleep. So I'm sitting there, and he's, yeah, crying, and every now and then he would, ah, ah, and get, get kind of quiet. And it, was a, it was a progression. I'm like, uh-huh, yep, yep, go into it. And I needed, some, I needed some background noise. So I decided, you know, I'm going to put some preaching on. But I did, I, uh, there's, you know, when it comes to, I was like, well, I, I don't want to listen to anything that's going to influence me for tomorrow because the Lord's already told me what to talk about. So I'm like, you know what, I'm, and I was, in a, I was in a weird state yesterday at work, weird mental state. I, I, didn't, I didn't tell Kelsey about it until late last night. But I was in a weird mental state that I was just kind of revisiting some of the things that brought me joy. So I was like, you know what? So I typed in YouTube, I typed in Zona Hates Mara. I was like, buddy, you're going you're gonna to listen to a message from a Zona. And if you didn't know this about YouTube, whenever you watch a video, if you stop, it'll save it for you, like your, your progress. And then whenever you pull it back in, it'll show, and you can just pick right back up. So evidently, at one point, years ago, I'd watched this video and stopped. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, just watch that, you know. So I clicked on it. And no, I'm, I'm not kidding you, y'all. I start the video. And the first thing that Mazona said out of her mouth, she says, in him, we live, we move, and we have our being in him. And I looked at Cohen and I said, oh, my God. This was years ago. I'm talking 2014, this video. And the next thing out that she said out of her mouth, she said, if we're going to worship him in spirit and truth, we have to be people of communion. And I lost it. For those that didn't know, one of the things in the new year, this new year that the Lord gave me the vision of this house, because I said, all right, Lord, it's a new year. What's the vision for this house? He said, Lindsay, I want this house to be a house full of people of communion, people that are coming into union with God. And by watching that, that one-minute clip, I was like, okay, Lord, Okay, Lord, so what's next? And literally the next things that she said was, so what's left? You know what to do. You've watched people all over. This Enzona is preaching it as she says those words, and I'm like, and I just felt like she was talking to me all over again. For those who don't know Mazona, Mazona was, she was, she was, she was our pastor, ultimately. But her her father, Brother Normal Hayes, he was one of the one of the leaders in the in the in the word of faith movement. 
at a church in Cleveland, Tennessee. And in fact, that's where I went to Bible college and that's where I got my degree. But it goes, it goes so much more and there's not enough time to truly explain the power of that, that church and that household and that family. But ultimately, years ago, and when I showed Kelsey, when Kelsey got home, I said, Kelsey, you got to see this. And I showed her, and she said, look at that. All those years ago, it was being deposited in you, and you didn't even know it. But ultimately, church, you were called to be a person of communion. That's why we sung that song earlier. Here's where the dead things come back to living. I feel my heart beating again. And then what's left? Feels so good to know you are my friend. Jesus is described, the Holy Spirit, the Father, they are described as the friend that sits closer than a brother. And I've watched, I've watched my two oldest boys, and them, them jokers, they are close. They are close, and to think that Jesus, to think that the Spirit of God, to think that Papa can, can, can produce something that is so loyal that it, that it, it doesn't even, it, it, it's another level of that, blows our minds. But still, that's his promise that he will be closer to you than a brother. He will be more loyal to you than the closest friend that you've ever had. He will be in your corner. He will be your Angelo Dundee, and I promise I'm done. Who's Angelo Dundee? People say that Muhammad Ali was the greatest boxer of all time. Joke, it's not. He wasn't the GOAT. Angelo Dundee was the GOAT. Angelo Dundee was Muhammad Ali's corner man. Angelo Dundee was the one in the corner reminding Muhammad Ali, hey, champ, you got this. You've been practicing all week. Remember, you've watched the film. You know how to cut. You know how to jab. You know how to dodge. You know how to He was reminding him of who he was. The pop, Papa, he promises us that he can do that and more. He can remind you of who you've always been. He can remind you that you are the opposite of what people say you are. He can remind you that the bank account does not reflect who you truly are. He can remind you that your worst mistake is still not who you are. He can remind you that no matter what you lack, you have so much more compared to what you lack. He can remind you that every day is still a blessing. Why? Because you are breathing. He can remind you that every day is still a blessing. Why? Because you are breathing. He can remind you that every day is still a blessing. Why? Because you are breathing. He is the freshness in your new life. He is the power in your new life. And the only thing he asks is that you live in him. In him. Somebody say in. Communion. Come into union. Communion. That's all it is. And guess what? Jesus has brought us back into union with him. So, Lindsay, what do we do next? We just live. We live. And every decision we make, we say, okay, Lord, is this, is this right? Some people say, well, you just being at your spiritual. No, I'm, my, listen, God, God is the first and last. Amen. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He, know, he knows what your life is supposed to be like. He knows what your life is supposed to look like. So you're not being extra spiritual by saying, okay, Lord, is this right or is this wrong? No, you're saying, okay, hey, you, you, you sit at the finish line. You sit at the finish seat. You know what my life is. Does this look like the way it's supposed to go? Now, I'm not saying if you pull a pair of socks out, one's red, one's blue. Lord, what sock am I? No. All right, put the blue ones on. Be less obvious, okay? But what I'm saying is when it comes time to those decisions that you fully got to make, instead of you making them say, okay, Lord, before I, before I do this, before I put my hands to the plow, before I try to make a way out of no way, Lord, how's this supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to say? 
He lives for those moments, not because he's sitting in heaven waiting for you to squander. No, he lives for those moments because guess what? You are in union with him and he just wants to be about every part of your life. He looks at it as another opportunity. Hey, here's another opportunity for us to fellowship with him again. That's what your life is supposed to look like, a constant fellowship in him, a constant union in him, a constant union in him. And I promise the decisions that you trust him to make are the decisions that you will never regret. No, 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 uh, not no, excuse me. Jonah, Jonah regretted going, not going to Nineveh. Jonah regretted being in a well. Jonah didn't regret once he finally followed the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Lisa, are you saying a big well is going to come swallow you up? No, I'm not saying that. But sometimes it does feel, feel like we get swallowed by life. And maybe that's because we're not making the decisions that are led by the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's because we're stepping out of our union and saying, okay, Lord, you, you stay right there. I'm going to handle this. And then I'm going to try to come back in. If you feel swallowed up by life, maybe you need to check your stance, check your position. Say, okay, Lord, where are you? And how do I get back there? Amen.